Welcome to this episode of Planting Seeds. I'm Keith Jones, the preaching minister of the Calera Church of Christ, and I've prepared a short message from Scripture that's intended to be the planting of a seed that, if cultivated, will in time produce fruit in the lives of the listeners. Now, let's get started. The Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you and be gracious and give you peace. In this episode, we'll be looking at a letter written by the Apostle Paul to a church in ancient Greece. It was the city of Philippi, and we know the letter as Philippians. We'll begin in chapter 2, verse 1. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not account did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. For me, this is one of the more beautiful passages in all of Scripture. Uh, Most Bible scholars tell us that in it contains maybe one of the oldest Christian hymns. It is that description of Jesus and his obedience and his sacrifice. And Paul invokes that hymn as a way of pointing out that Jesus did the things needed to do to experience blessings from faith. And so he's using Jesus as an example of how these folks in Philippi uh, might be able to experience more from their faith. He, he describes it in the first uh, five verses, right? He, he begins by saying, so if, if anyone wants encouragement in Christ, if they want to be built up, if they want more courage, if they want strength that comes from faith, there's a way to go about that. He moves on and talks about the the fact that we all want to be comforted in our grief. And and if you want to experience that, there's a way to go about it. You know, Jesus said in uh, the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Paul says in a letter to uh, the church in Corinth, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, starting in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction. See, Paul is offering these Philippians the, the consolation of love, of God's love. But 
tells them if they want to experience it, there's a way to go about it. He acknowledges that we want to know that we're not alone, right? If you want any participation in the Spirit, Again, 2 Corinthians, this time in chapter 13, verse 11, Paul writes, Finally, brethren, rejoice. Be made complete. Be comforted. Be like-minded. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Paul offers the Philippians the, the fellowship of the Spirit. But he says this is something that comes through faith. There's a way that we go about receiving that. He also acknowledges that it is not enough for us to hear that we are loved. We want to feel that we are loved. And I can't help but think of John 3.16 that says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Uh, Paul offers to the Philippians this affection that we should be able to feel from Jesus himself. He also realizes that for these Philippians, they want to know that someone cares enough to help them, right? He mentions uh, compassion here. If you're looking for compassion, right? Sometimes I think we confuse that with sympathy. Sympathy is feeling sorry for someone. Compassion is feeling sorry enough for someone that we're willing to help make the outcome better. And we want people to have compassion for us. And James chapter 5, verse 11 says, We count those blessed who endured. You have heard of the endurance of Job and have seen the outcome of the Lord's dealings, that the Lord is full of compassion and is merciful. Paul wants the Philippians to experience this compassion. He knows it's a, a human desire and a human need. And he says there's a way to go about receiving these blessings in faith. A couple of things that he points out uh, start with the fact that these blessings are not achieved through selfish pursuits, right? Verse 3, he says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit. Don't pursue what you imagine to be your own best interest. You're not going to receive the blessings that were just enumerated if you're doing this selfishly. If you can't see that these are a byproduct of doing things for other people, you're going to miss out on the blessing entirely. Which brings to the next point. These blessings of faith are received with and through community. We can't do it all by ourselves. We have to be together, sharing lives, sharing experiences, lifting burdens with one another, sharing joys. These things come in community. It's why it's so important for us to be members of a church congregation, that we have a group of people that we worship with and we cry with and we celebrate with, we live life with, because these blessings come in community. And we're told that even then, even if we're not being selfish, even if we're in a community, these things only happen when we're humble. Have this mind in you that was also in Christ Jesus, 
right? And we have a need to be humble. He says, in, in the, or even before that, uh, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider. Uh, in, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Uh, humility, I think, is a concept that Christians get wrong very often, and it keeps us from experiencing it. We imagine that humility is making ourselves a doormat. We just have to give in to the desires of other people, and we never get to do anything for ourselves. It keeps some people from even accepting Christianity, and it keeps those who are Christians constantly making excuses for their selfish behavior. The problem is humility has nothing to do with the way we see ourselves. Humility has everything to do with the way we see other people. Paul says, in humility, consider others better than you. Not, in humility, consider yourself worse than other people. Why do I make that distinction? Well, see, if I'm constantly putting myself down, putting myself below others, I may be tempted uh, to not see how valuable I am to God. And Scripture tells me that I'm the apple of God's eye, that he loved me enough to uh, sacrifice his son so that I could be rescued from the troubles of this world. He has told me how important I am to him. He has told me that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Fear and wonder or fear and awe are the components of being awesome, right? God says you're awesome. So why would I diminish that? If God's told me that, why would I say, no, I'm less than awesome? I'm not. I'm awesome. You're awesome. We are awesome because God made us and is wanting to dwell in us. That makes us awesome. But what Paul says is no matter how awesome you are, when you're interacting with other people, you've got to treat them like they're more awesome. It's not that they are more awesome. It's not that they're better than you. It's not that you're a a, a less than version of humanity. Paul says the best way to keep things sorted out and to keep your focus and priorities where they need to be is through humility, treating other people like they're more important than you. It's a tough lesson for us to learn because I'm afraid that sometimes we think we're going to miss out on something, that that we're going to uh, lose out uh, on opportunities or experiences or or having things that, that other people are getting to experience. Again, this is why this would be important in the context of community, because if I'm doing this for everyone in my church family, and everyone in my church family is doing this, then it's not just me looking out for me, but I've got this whole community of believers that's looking out for me, and I have no need or desire for anything because I'm taken care of. And then Paul says our absolute best example of this is Jesus himself, who was with God, but didn't consider that something that he needed to hang on to. There were people that needed him and people that God cared about, and that made him care about them. And so he acted on that concern and that compassion, and he humbled himself and became a servant. And in doing that and in being obedient to God as a servant, it ended up costing him his life. 
and he didn't even care. What mattered more than anything was doing what God wanted and putting the needs of others ahead of his own. There are absolutely blessings to be to being a Christian. Uh, we can experience a, a, a stronger life with Christ than apart from him. And we can be uh, better comforted in our grief with Christ than without him. We can always know that we're not alone if Christ is with us. We don't have to wonder if we're loved. We can know that we are loved with Jesus. We know that we have in Jesus someone who cares enough about us to help us. We know these blessings are available to Christians. We even experience them in our lives from time to time. But Paul is wanting his readers to know that if you want to experience them to the fullest, if you want to have the best possible experience with these blessings, then you'll experience them while following the example of Christ. There's another observation I want to make about this. Chapter and verse separations are something that uh, people put into Scripture. It it wasn't something that, that Paul put in. He didn't write book, chapter, and verses as he was writing his letter. This was one long, continuous letter. And I think we do well to go back and look at verses 29 and 30 from chapter 1. It says, For it has been granted to you for the sake of Christ that you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now here that I still have. What's Paul saying? Paul says it's not enough just to say that you think Christ is a good person. You've got to be willing to go through the same things he did. And it may include suffering. He's writing to a group of people who were suffering and says that these blessings that they're looking for will be brought out in their suffering as they refuse to be selfish, go through it with community, and do it humbly by following Jesus' example. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12 says, Indeed, all who desire to live, a godly, live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Very often, we're concerned about getting the blessings that come from faith in Christ without following in the footsteps of Jesus that are also a part of our faith in Christ. We can't just say that we want the good stuff and reject the bad stuff. Living with Christ, letting Christ be Lord, following Jesus, following in his footsteps, means I will go through whatever life throws at me, but I'll do it with Jesus. It's in there that I receive all of these blessings. See, I, I don't need to be strengthened by God if I'm not in godly pursuits. And we could go on with all these blessings. They are things that come to us because of our faith in Christ, because of our trusting him enough to follow him wherever he leads us. I want all of us to experience the things here. They seem to be uh, kind of core human needs. They're things that we desire to function in a healthy and happy way. They come through faith in Christ. But we have to acknowledge that that faith may also bring with it suffering. Are you willing to follow Jesus wherever he leads you? Are you willing to be obedient to God to the point of death, 
even death on a cross. It's in that total surrender to God that we experience the blessings of faith. Thank you for listening. You can find more of these messages on our website, calirachurchofchrist.org, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter.